despite my shiny metal... Welcome to the Hallmark Bite My Shiny Metal Xmas in July Holiday Special, presented by Nestle, featuring James Vanderbeek, Michael Bublé, Iggy Azalea, Tupac Holiday, Regis Philbin, the Chattanooga Philharmonic, the San Diego Charger Girls Dance Team, the cast of Power Rangers, and a special holiday message from U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services, Sylvia matthews Burley. Hello and welcome to the Hallmark Bite My Shiny Metal Xmas in July holiday special presented by Nestle. I'm your host, Mackenzie Collins, and I'm joined on this fine evening by... Grant Cravens. Hi, Grant. Hi, Mac. From our families to yours, I hope you're having a wonderful Xmas in July. We regret to inform you that James Vanderbeek, Michael Buble, Iggy Azalea, Tupac's Hologram, Regis Philbrin, the Chattanooga Philharmonic, the San Diego Charger Girls dance team, and the cast of Power Rangers will not be able to join us due to... Uh, scheduling conflicts? U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, Sylvia Matthews Burwell, will not be joining us tonight as she is arm wrestling U.S. Secretary of Labor, Thomas Perez, for the right to move up to 12th in the line of presidential succession. And we wish her the best of luck. And that was the weirdest bit I've ever done for a podcast. It was phenomenal. I loved it. <laughs> uh, I'm bummed about Tupac's hologram. Though. I was really looking forward to that. Yeah, I know. It's weird that there shouldn't be scheduling conflicts not, with bits of data. But for a hologram. I guess he was needed in New York. I don't know. Well, there was a sync error, and iTunes told me that I would have to reset all the settings. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, it's really annoying. That's how you lose so many holograms. I know. But as you've noticed, this is Bite My Shiny Metal Podcast, a podcast about Futurama and not a Hallmark family special. <laughs> we are going to talk about something that was slightly related to that ridiculous intro, which is Futurama's first Christmas special. This one is simply called Xmas Story, mm -hmm. and it's season two, episode eight and episode 17 overall. This episode was written by David X. Cohen. Got Big Daddy in here. Big, big, big Daddy's in here. And, and directed by Peter Avanzio. Yep. So got some big swingers here. In this episode, Fry becomes homesick during his first 31st century Christmas, called Xmas. His insensitive moping. That's <laughs> <laughs> really so awesome that sentence is. That's a great sentence. So <laughs> my therapist told me. His insensitive moping hurts Leela's feelings because she has no family to celebrate Xmas with, and she runs off in tears. She has a really good ugly crying. Oh, wait, she, no, that's the next episode. That's the next episode, but I pro she probably does here, too. Yeah. Also, remember how Leela is usually the strong female character? Yeah. Whoops. They, You know what? She's complicated. She has layers like a tiramisu. And it's also her and Fry's relationship status on Facebook. <laughs> We're getting loopy, and the battery just keeps dropping. <laughs> My laptop's battery keeps dropping, and it's only eight o'clock. We're not, we're not really like sleep deprived this no, time. No, not at all. Okay, so Fry goes out to buy Leela a present to apologize, but the others warn him to return by sundown, or else he will encounter Robot Santa. 
a murderous robot who kills anyone who is believed to be naughty, which is practically everyone. Fry finds Leela and the two reconcile, but it gets late and they are attacked by Robot Santa on their way back home. Robot Santa tries to break into the building, but everyone teams up to drive him away. Everyone celebrates their victory over Robot Santa, who threatens to return next Xmas. Yes. Yep. Yes, That's what does. happens. We don't get a cold open. So I think I think what's our title card on this one? Based on a true story. <laughs> which is great. Uh-huh. Uh I think let's have a moment of silence for the cold open. Okay, it's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> and we're done. And we're done with that forever. I mean, in reality, it helps them put more actual story into the episode. Yeah, and they're never good enough to warrant it usually. No, not usually. Especially when they do lukewarm opens. Yeah room temperature open they might as well just put that into the first act just move like if this was modern video editing just command x yep move timeline command v like just move them into the plot done done yeah that's how tv's made where do you want to start i want to start with the coolest thing Uh and like i never just fact checked this i knew it was a voice that sounded like this but i didn't think it was actually john goodman oh yeah no it's legit got john goodman once it's only john goodman once yeah and then they do someone else it's dimaggio dimaggio does robot santa for the rest of the run that makes sense but in this episode robot santa is voiced by the lovely john goodman america's best supporting actor america's best supporting actor who if anyone from the academy is listening should win an award for 10 cloverfield lane he was fantastic was he? in that movie. I didn't see it because I'm like, I don't like tense movies. It's really tense. You would he's, poop on the couch. It's really... Like, for all seriousness, he's like legit America's best supporting actor and he deserves like a bunch of Academy Awards. Yeah. And it, 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 he, and he hasn't. He hasn't gotten any. And it's a crime. You put it in a good way because I feel like he is... <laughs> he's not a good lead. He is in this movie, though, and it's because he's almost a supporting character. Yes. Because it's a three-person cast, and he's, like, the glue between these two people, and he plays with his character so much that you never know if you're supposed to trust this guy or not. Right. And it's amazing. No, he's he's a really good actor, and, like, like he's something someone I would legit like to meet someday. Yeah. He's, I think uh, that's one thing that you could probably do. He's from the St. Louis area. Ooh. Uh-huh. He's a good Missourian. Good Missourian. Uh-huh. Missourian. That's what we're called. <laughs> I got you again. Got you. Uh, got on the you. same topic, there was a, another cool guest star uh-huh. that was probably the easiest get they've ever had. Right. Conan O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Conan plays his, himself in the head. Yeah. Good job. Helped a buddy out. Came on his show. <laughs> Good job, Conan. Um. So this episode's fine. It's all right. It's a, it's a Christmas special. Yeah. And it doesn't... It references some good ones. Yeah, it does. It references the culture of Christmas specials really well. They've uh-huh. got uh, there's a joke where they're skating and it's the the kids are skating and it's definitely peanuts. You know what you know what that was really interesting to me is it seemed really out of place for a Futurama episode. In terms of they don't do a lot of style parodies. Yes, that is weird and it makes it even weirder when you get to the later episodes. I think they're both during the Comedy Central run where they play with uh Animation styles because South Park had done it. Yeah. South Park did it with the World of Warcraft episode and then the anime episode. The anime episode, I don't watch South Park anymore, but the anime episode I think is one of my favorites. It was good. They did an they did an art style and then a kind of a I don't know. There was the art style one where there was like a Futurama anime and a couple different styles. And yeah. There was one where they were all like different animals. 
I didn't see that one. I and did different see, like short stories. I did see the uh, the compilation one, and that one is a very good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to get to it. Yep, a year from now, if we're lucky, <laughs> we don't take another six weeks off because we didn't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they don't. It does feel out of place. You're totally right. It also reminds me of this one strange memory I have of Futurama. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it, it's because of the skating. It wasn't because it was actually this episode that I saw. I remember like channel surfing back in the day and coming across Univision or like one of the... Univision. The Univision. Uh, one of the Spanish language channels. And they, they had Futurama syndicated. So they play it kind of the same night, the same time as like The Simpsons was Did on it, on they Fox. They played it in Spanish? But it was, yeah, it was overdubbed Whoa. in Spanish with different voice actors. And it was real weird. Yeah. And it was an episode where they're in a mountain... And they're skating, but it's not this one. It's not. That's it's li- it's a later episode. That's really weird. I've seen The Simpsons in German, which was weird, except that the voice actress that played Lisa was almost dead on. Really? Yeah. Uh, I've seen Elf in German. What? Uh-huh. That was weird. I bet they loved Elf for some I reason. Bet they loved Elf. It, it just felt right that he was speaking in German, and they had the same kind of goofy tone for his voice. Oh, that's good. That was weird. Um, that's so weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, that's a weird memory that this brought on. I don't... Why do I remember that? That is really weird. Sense memories are bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like... Something this, this show likes to do a lot is it plays with um, the way language change changes and traditions change mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what well, now we call it X-Mass mm-hmm. and Lila saying, let me X you something. Yeah, that's one of my f- most quoted Futurama jokes and I always forget it's from this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, the problem is I have a hard time saying X yeah. instead of ask. Yeah. So that quote, I was looking at it when you brought this up. It was perfect. So Fry goes, yeah, it really puts you in the Christmas spirit. What, miss? Says Farnsworth. Christmas, you know? X M A S, so he spells it the right way. Right, the right whatever. Leela goes, "Oh, you meant Xmas. You must be using an archaic pronunciation, right. like when you say ask instead of X." And it's just, I love, I love how they play with that because any linguist will tell you that languages change, mm-hmm. and that. Well, we're not going to go deep, deep into. Doth language change, good sir? Yeah, and what's funny is that. What we what we would call old English, like what Shakespeare wrote in, was actually modern English, which right. is why we can understand it. Old English sounds like like scary German. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. It's super weird. Um, and then we can go into language theory about how Fry wouldn't be able to understand anybody in the future because of the time difference. And they yeah, basically say a thousand that, years is a really long time. Well, they basically say uh, somebody at the beginning of a thousand five hundred to a thousand years. And someone at the end of that time would not be able to understand each other, even if they are speaking the same language, because that's how languages change. Yeah, that makes sense. And given that there was a essentially an apocalypse in Futurama, there was, yeah, I think, at least one right. that they've at least talked about at this but point. But again, this is where the MST3K mantra comes in. Yeah, let them tell their story. <laughs> let <laughs> yeah. them tell their goofy story about you know crab monsters and space potatoes. <laughs> Um, uh, we, have, we haven't gotten to that episode yet, but that's one of my favorite quotes is when Hermes says he's Jamaican and Fry goes, Jamaican? I thought you were some sort of space potato. <laughs> that's awful. Uh-huh. That's amazing. 
one quote I pulled here that I liked, and I'm going to cut out the first part because it's uh, it's not as funny. It's it's a joke, but it's not as good. Uh, Hermes walks in after Fry is just being like really mad because of all the Christmas stuff, and he's like, "I don't want to. I can't deal with it anymore. There's too much Xmas." And then Hermes walks in going, "Happy Xmas, Xmas people! Xmas cards have arrived. Xmas." <laughs> Fry's just so mad. Uh, Bender got a mighty haul too. Yeah, he did. He did well. Uh, I like the um, card that Zoidberg got because the drawing in it is really cute. Oh, yeah. The little crab Santa, drawing. Santa the Claus. Little, the little lobster drawing. I just realized that one of the quotes in this uh, confirms your character personalization of Fry. That, that Fry's a bird? Yeah. Fry goes, all right, bird. You thought you could beat me in a game of wits? And he's talking to the parrot that yeah. he, bought, he bought for Leela. Fry could beat me in a game of wits, but you just met your equal. <laughs> Like, I didn't know that, you know, 17 episodes into the series, your fries a bird theory was... Ouchie. Matt kicked the table. <laughs> then my, my, my bird theory would come to fruition. Yeah, I, I never thought it was going to come. <laughs> I think I, I think we've learned some insight into uh, how they wrote Fry. I just, when he looks around, he looks like a parrot, just enjoying the fact that he's looking around as a parrot. That's <laughs> true. Like, if you think of the ones where they, I mean, I guess a lot of them are them going places where Fry hasn't been. But I'm yeah. thinking like specifically that we've gotten through, like going to the moon, mm-hmm. going to Mars, like anywhere they go, he's just stoked. Yeah, and it's awesome. It is. He's, I think, and that's again, he's our he's our audience syn- syndicate. Nope, nope, surrogate. surrogate. There we go. <laughs> and, um. He's there to, to kind of experience things like we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a lot of notes on this episode because it's I it's okay. It's a yeah. solid episode. It's a Christmas special. Like yeah, they never you never get the best episode out of a Christmas special, but you get Christmas. You get a decent one. Uh, two side gigs uh-huh. that were good. Bender <laughs> when they're on the mountain and they're skiing. Bender's visor is tinted. He puts ski goggles on. It's like a yellow tint visor. I didn't even notice that. Because he's going to get snow blindness, I, I guess, guess. I guess. Uh, and the other one is when they're going through and they show Leela, they show like all these different photos of Leela. And there's a photo of her at prom. Yeah. And she's alone at prom. And she's hover handing. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so sad. But I was like, hover hand lives. <laughs> It would have only been better if some if instead of hover hand she somehow hover weird posed. Yeah. Like the weird why are we hugging why am right. I hugging you from behind? This is probably inappropriate in some counties yeah. prom photo. <laughs> <laughs> and encouraged in others. Yeah. Um I think this is the first episode where we get Tim Tinny Tim. I feel like I pulled something about him. He was really funny. He's Tress McNeil. Of course. I love Tress McNeil. Yeah. I think she does most of the women in this show who aren't Leela or Amy or La Barbara. Yeah, I think you're right. And La Barbara, La Barbara shows up at the end, but she doesn't have any lines. God, we're still waiting on that. Right. I love La Barbara. Husband. Husband. <laughs> um, you hot dog. She's so she's so <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> hey, hot dog. She's so wonderfully West Indian. It's great. Yeah. And, you know, Jamaican. You know what I don't like? I'm just going to air this now. We're uh-huh. fucking 50 episodes from it. I don't like the kid. I don't like their kid that much. And oh, I don't like uh, 
douchey Farnsworth clone. What's his name? Pignose. Uh, uh, I want to say Newton, but that's not right. No, I hate those characters. Yeah, and they come and go. Yeah, they come and go, which makes it fine. They they did have the one good episode in the late run where they opened a delivery service. That, I was going to say that's a pretty solid that episode. That one was good. It But it feels like the thing I brought up earlier, which was like the sitcom coming back from the winter break. Yeah, Cousin and Oliver. Ha- yeah, Cousin Oliver's there. Uh, I don't like it. Nope. But that's... <clears throat> I like Hermes and, um, and La Barbara, but... Oh, yeah, definitely. And Barbados Slim. Barbados Slim. And, oh, my God, the episode where they have to go to the central filing. Oh, that's a fantastic episode. Oh, man. That's one of my favorites. We haven't got there yet. No, we're... we're we talked about one where they were there, though. They were at the central bureaucracy. Because I remember us talking about him, like, having a desk... Or somebody having a desk at the central bureaucracy that was just attached to a giant like crane that moved it up and down filing cabinets. Right. <laughs> um, so things in this episode I like. Mm-hmm. Um, Fry tells a story about what his Christmas traditions were, and he's like, every every Christmas this my mom. This is what pre- uh, this is what comes before yeah. Hermes Happy Xmas. Yeah. Every Christmas my mom will get a fresh goose for goose burgers <laughs> and my mom would whip up a batch of special eggnog from bourbon and ice cubes <laughs> like, oh fright had a depressing family yeah although goose burgers could be good goose burgers could be good the we see fa- fry's family a little bit we never see a ton have you seen the it's a late season one so you might not have seen it the one where with his mom yes and okay. that's devastating it is devastating it's one of the good ones uh, she's weird. She like, loves football and like mm-hmm. doesn't pay attention to him. Yeah. And then like the, it's funny because it's not like they kind of roll reverse to the parents. Like they, they kind of did a little bit. They kind of do, but isn't his his isn't dad's his, like super Cold War paranoid? Yeah. I yeah. They're just two very strange characters. <laughs> very very. And then strange. his brother Yancey. Yancey. That's a devastating episode. Yeah. That one I feel like we're getting close to. Yeah. We're gonna we're just gonna be bawling in that episode. Yeah. That's a good one. Though. I know. I'm glad I've talked to you out of <laughs> skipping the best episodes of the pod of the show that we're doing a podcast oh, about. Jurassic Park's gonna be so brutal. Yeah. I I know. Oh, it's gonna hurt. Um, what if what we if? had a puppy while we recorded that episode? I don't think that would help because I wouldn't let that puppy go. Uh, I can't let you go because you're gonna you're gonna die. <laughs> Another thing I like in this is Fry Zoidberg saying that he needs to do the apology dance to Leela <laughs> and then Fry trying to learn it. He's like, okay, so it's left, left, and then right. Yeah. And it's uh, after Zoidberg's just like, you have to do the apology dance. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. And he was like, wait, left, left, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so like, he wasn't, he didn't even look sad. He's just like, okay, absorbed in this. Okay, so I got to do this and then this. <laughs> like, oh, this is a part of the future, yeah. I guess, or something. He's very malleable, mm-hmm. which I like a lot about Fry. Yeah, um, he's not as stubborn as a bird. The pet store is pretty good. The pet store is good. and then, Oh, Bongo's there. Bongo. Bongo's I have Bongo there. in my notes. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about Bongo. Uh, yeah, so Bongo, the one-eared rabbit from Matt Groening's comic strip Life in Hell, does yeah. make a cameo in this episode in the pet store. Uh, Asterix to that trivia fact, the comic company that produces Futurama Comics and The Simpsons Comics is named Bongo Comics. Yep. And I love them. I don't read a lot of them, but I love that they yeah, exist. They, love, they call it Bongo. And... and and that they keep a good, like a very consistent art style with the show. Yeah, exactly. And I've never read anything in those, and I'm like, that's incorrect characterization. Yeah, they're they're well written. 
the clock tower gag was pretty good. Oh, because it's a digital clock. Yeah. And I want to say that's a Harold Lloyd, like, direct homage. Old school, old school silent movie star who did a oh. hanging off a clock tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. And it's also the basis for Harold Zoid, which yes. we'll get to in a very poor episode of Future Emily. That's apparently the most hated episode. Yeah. We will, we'll definitely talk about that when we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. The, I, I have written down The Heart is Back, and that was when uh, Fry and Leela were... I think Fry is saying he's going to get a present for Leela. This after they meet up, because Leela goes out to save Fry from being outside. Right. As sundown is happening. Oh, she f- she saves him as he's falling off the clock tower. Yes. And yeah, she grabs him from the clock tower. He was saying because he wanted to get her a present because she was alone on Christmas. And she's like, well, I'm not actually alone. You know, I do have people to spend Christmas with or Xmas, excuse me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess in, in some sense, this is a show about making a family with the people you have around you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's actually really good. Yeah. I've like, never thought of Futurama that way. No, but it's totally what it is. Yeah. It's a found family thing. It, I like that. Yeah. That's sweet, isn't it? And that's I, I honestly that's at the heart of the show, and it shows up from time to time. Man, I'm gonna be watching Futurama with like a little bit different uh-huh. outlook on it now. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but I was I was happy to see that. I'm that just is happy nice. to have a tender moment before Santa Claus came in and tried to kill him with a bazooka. Right. This is also I felt like one of the episodes where we got a another seed planted of the Fry Lila yeah um, relationship. Freela? Freela? Is it Freela or is it... Yeah, it's got to be Freela. <laughs> Lee Fry? <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, I hate the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know that like, Sarah had some like problems with them kind of playing I, towards I the... Too. And I get it, but I also feel like they like they write a fairly genuine yeah. story there, too. Like They care about each other, and they... Yeah. They bring them like up and down in their emotional roller coaster throughout the series, and they're—I don't know—I think, I think it's a good seed to be planted here. Yeah, I think they're playing off of it too early. If they had—if this had been the beginning of it, I think it would have been much better. But they sold it in like episode four. Yeah, and yeah. that was—that's the thing—is they had plans for this from the beginning, mm-hmm. and they're trying to plant that seed early, yeah. which is fine. But I wish they had kind of slowed their role i mean it could also have been that they didn't expect to make it out of season one yeah so given how much fox monkeyed with the schedule over the years it was on fox yeah thanks fox for doing that thanks fox for ruining everything Everything we love firefly dollhouse drama the simpsons Simpsons. by letting it continue it's a cash cow yeah. Anyway, Anywho. we got, we, got <laughs> we, we like return to that a lot. We got sad. Um, I love the Zoidbergs on the nice list. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's a he. he fl- when when Santa finally gets into the Plan Express building. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, you're all on the naughty list, except for you, Zoidberg. Here's a pogo stick. Merry Christmas. That's right. <laughs> pogo stick. And I just and he they, he makes a reference to that earlier. Santa does. He's like, you need to lay off Zoidberg. Oh really? Yeah. That's cute. Uh huh. Well, that was uh, Xmas story. I think yep. that's the I think so much that we got there. Okay, episode. Okay, Solid. episode. It is what it is. Again, Christmas special. Uh, 
<laughs> so we move along to season two, episode nine, episode 18 overall. Why must I be a crustacean in love? This one was directed by Brian Sheasley and written by Eric Kaplan. <clears throat> this might have... <laughs> you know what? I think this is the first episode of the 2000s. The oh, air yeah. date is February 6th. And if that one was Xmas story, I didn't have the ep- the air date, but I'm assuming they at least got it somewhere around Christmas. Somewhere. I yeah. mean, it's not like the Simpsons have ever hit freaking Halloween for no. Trias of Horror. It's always like my birthday in the middle of November and I get a Trias <laughs> of Horror. So in this episode, Zoidberg's recent aggressive behavior indicates that it's mating season for his species. Zoidberg goes with the crew to his home planet of Decapod 10 for the mating frenzy, but his erratic display fails to attract any mates, including a female Decapodian and an old acquaintance of Zoidberg's named Edna. Fry teaches Zoidberg how to win Edna's heart through romance, but she begins to grow attached to Fry instead upon learning that he is responsible for Zoidberg's romantic behavior. Enraged, Zoidberg challenges Fry to a fight to the death over Edna's affections, but the other Decapodians leave partway through the fight to participate in the mating frenzy, including Edna, who mates with the Decapodian king instead. I'm like already sick of this episode. I'm not giving this description. <laughs> Having missed out on the mating frenzy, Zoidberg reveals that everyone who participates in it dies after laying their eggs and apologizes to Fry. Yep. Yep. Um, there's some good sight gags in this episode in the beginning. When they go to the gym, there's the kegelizer. <laughs> oh, I, that's one of the only notes I have. Because I never caught that. And it was at work today when I was watching this episode. <laughs> she I, looked and I looked and I looked and I was like, wait, human's not moving. Oh, oh. she was moved. lifting a lot, too. Yeah, that's got to be... I think those are like 25 pounds a piece, or those plates? I think they're 10 at least, so yeah. she was lifting like 40 pounds. Yeah, girl. <laughs> um, I liked after they contained Zoidberg, they put the rubber bands on his claws, <laughs> and he keeps trying to get Amy to take the uh, rubber bands off, and Amy's like, fool me seven times, shame on you. <laughs> fool me eight, eight or, or more. more. Shame on me. It, I don't know why the and more part, <laughs> the I, eight or more part is the funniest to me. It, it's it's great joke writing because it's kind of like, well, she's going to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she, she almost, does. yeah, she does. <laughs> oh, uh, so, yeah. Side gags. There's a lot of claw based side gags. Yeah. So he's, he's like torn her up indicating that he's she's let him out. There's the. Join the claw clock. There's the foam claw. I don't think you said it right. Claw clock. There you go. There you go. There's a, a foam claw. That oh yeah, which was really good. It's so good. I, like, I want to make one and take it to yeah. it, but no one would get it. No one would get it. <laughs> Can't take that to a Mariners game. And I guess maybe Red Lobster. If you go, I'm just like I'm just a fan. Uh, yeah, no one is. Well, biscuits though. Oh, Cheddar Bay biscuits. I'm sorry, I besmirched the Cheddar Bay biscuit name. They're um, called Cheddar Bay. Yeah, they're Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Okay, we have to move along. <laughs> um, things I, I legit like about this episode is they made some really good choices on the Decapodian civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on a um, mostly water planet. There's lots of islands and archipelagos and such. Um, so there's lots of beaches. Batches. Batches. <laughs> What's going on, Mac? I don't know. You were looking at me like I was supposed to make a joke, uh-huh. but that's the only one I had. Um, I like the water clock that they have, which was, I think, a really nice touch. Uh, the frenzy countdown? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, drip, drip, head, drip all the way to frenzy. And the eight-legged car that they're driving. <laughs> and I love that they withhold that joke for a while, for a long time. They're and in that car for like ninety seconds. And they set that joke up differently because it's making the Jetson car sound. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, they, they make a lot of really good choices. All the houses are made of sand. Mm-hmm. Um, I just liked it. I liked that Zoidberg had scuttling grounds. That was Yo. basically a tide pool. A little tide pool. Why did Vinny not grow up? Yeah, that's the question. I think I just made a pun in my head that uh, I'm not happy about, but I'm going to share it with you because okay. I have to think it. I think Vinny was a big fish in a small pond. I know. I'm not I'm not happy about it either, Mac. No, the problem is that's what they wanted. Yeah. That's, <laughs> damn it. That's exactly what they wanted. Uh, I'm not it hurts. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um The creeper lobsters at the beach were a laugh for me. I like that a lot. Because the thing that I didn't get MST three K rule. Yeah. The thing I didn't get is if Everyone is enraged, right, for a mating frenzy, right, and they're like, so Zoidberg turns into a monster, like a murderous monster. Uh-huh. Why are these guys just like sitting calmly in the woods watching? In, well, yeah, I yeah, but like, I feel like if that's how your species reacts to that scenario, why aren't they raging and just being? crazy like Zoidberg. I think if we were to write this now, being 16 years later, those guys would be MRAs. Men's rights activists. Really? I think so. They they would be uh huh. having having spent way too much time on the internet as I do. Mm-hmm. Um there is a thing that they say and I think it's called incel. They describe themselves as incel and that's involuntary cel- celibacy. And I think that's what those guys are, is they're guys that no one would ever date. Uh, uh-huh. The the phrase involuntary c- celibacy, man, that's sad, but also I get it. Yeah, but, but also don't give your don't give your shitty life a fucking name like that. <laughs> exactly. Don't don't make up a condition and then pretend like it's what you suffer from. Right. Do you want me to buy a uh rubber bracelet to support your cause or a ribbon for the back of my car oh my god that would be amazing and terrible uh-huh what color would it be that's what i was thinking um no they're, they're, uh i do i do too and i don't want to say it it's like a little off-white yeah that's the color of used jizz rags <laughs> god <damn> it. <laughs> usually don't go that blue <laughs> That sound you just made. <laughs> I'm worried that my neighbor's going to think that somebody died. <laughs> After giving a like five-minute intro to a fake Xmas <laughs> special at full volume. <laughs> well, they killed him. <laughs> well, they killed him. He was, he was sh- really annoying. I get it. He was shouting earlier. Now he's dead. Well, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas <laughs> in July. <laughs> yeah, did anyone get that joke? <laughs> I didn't sell that, the in July yeah, part super hard. That's all right. This is the episode where Leela has really good ugly crying. Yes. Kills uh, it. And I, she absolutely kills it. I love good ugly crying. <laughs> and I feel like they do it a lot in this show. Mm-hmm. And they do, yeah, they, they don't in The Simpsons, really. They always do, like, dumb crying. Yeah. Dumb. You're trying dumb. Dumb crying. Uh, a small note about this. This is the first episode where Zoidberg is written in as the main character. Oh. Kind of cute. There it is. It's one of the only ones, too. 
we missed the title card. Yeah. From the network that brought you The Simpsons. Yep. Fair enough. That's true. Yeah. From the podcast that was inspired by a podcast that from the makers that brought you The Simpsons. <laughs> my name is Mackenzie Collins. Um, they go to Red Primate mm-hmm. on a date. On a date. Um, but a group like a group a, a, a date, date. Yeah. A, well, isn't nope. there five there? It could be. Because I think the whole crew's there. Or I think it's Fry, Leela, Bender, Zoidberg, and Edna, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I'm sure Bender's, Benda. 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 Benda is just there hanging out. Mm-hmm. I like how Fry keeps referring to everyone as fish monsters. Yeah. And then they like never are. No, they never say anything. Yeah, they're never like offended by it. I think it's because he's just kind of a dummy and everyone knows he's kind of a dummy. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of dummy, <laughs> the when he's explaining the the clawplock to the crew, uh-huh. that's the why not Zoidberg meme. The still from that scene is the why not Zoidberg Whoa. meme. Yeah, I'm glad that the internet pointed that out to me. We have not gotten to the shut up and take my money. Not yet. Or the I'll go make my own X with hookers and blow. Right. Hookers. It's blackjack and hookers. Blackjack and hookers. Sorry. Guys. Um, they also, we haven't gotten to the squinty eye fry yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I think is the next episode. With Oh, with yeah, because with Flexo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally is. Yeah. Um, so I did like, confirm. I was like, does he think that about Flexo again later? But I don't think they ever play with the the like Flexo, the classic like who do I shoot moment with Flexo, right. basically. I think they kind of do when Flexo, when they're working in the bending factory as scabs. Mm, we'll get there. With Angeline? Yeah. <laughs> great. Name. You know what? They have great names. I don't think Bender gets a lot of Mm-hmm. Uh, girly interests in this, but they do have good names. Yeah, uh, Angeline, and then what's the who was the yacht, the class three yacht? What oh was her name? Gosh, I she was the Countess something. Yeah, her name might not have been that great. No, I think she's just the Countess. Uh, anyway, in the Red Primate, there is a gorilla. There's a gorilla head in a lobster trap, <laughs> just sitting on a shelf, which I really appreciated. And poses it, strange questions about the future. Right, it, just, it was just in the background. I don't think it was intended to be that noticed, but it was wonderful. What do you think would happen if Gunther would have been there with him and saw that? <laughs> I mean, I know he's a monkey, not a gorilla, but like. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe the. I mean, obviously, red primate. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, I how uncomfortable was Fry in that situation. Oddly comfortable through the entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> Even except, when, except for when Edna was kissing him. Still oddly comfortable. Still very not okay with it, but still oddly comfortable. Yeah. Um, I like Claw Clock a lot. Claw Clock. Claw Clock. Uh, especially for their national anthem, which is basically just the fight music from Star Trek. Yeah, from the episode that this was based on, which I remember the episode name, but I don't know. Uh, the Amok Time? Yes. Why do Amok I know time. that? I've seen that episode once. I'm, yeah, I've never even seen it. I have not gone back to old Star Trek. It's. I told you uh, that I met uh, Roddenberry, right? Yeah, the kid. Yeah, I met Rod Roddenberry the Rod other day Roddenberry. at work. It was he awesome. He seems cool. He was really nice. Uh, I need to talk to him again, but he's like traveling. Yeah. For like a month, so I'm not whatever. Awesome. I might. I'm gonna try to slowly like get information about the new TV show out of him. Yeah, I think he had kind of a like strained relationship with his father. He did. It was right. bad. 
They addressed it, I think, in like a Nerdist or something, maybe. Yeah, and I think he actually had a podcast. All He's still doing it. it. They're they're through the original. I looked at this. They're through the original series and like in season four of TNG. Are they just watching all the old? episodes? They're watching it in fucking order, the Holy entire shit. thing. Yeah, and I think he commented that it actually did kind of make him come to terms a little bit with the relationship oh. with his dad a little bit more. Or at least understand a little bit more what it, was happening. It's got to be hard. This is completely off topic, mm-hmm. but it's got to be hard when you're the son of someone who's created this huge legacy mm-hmm. and you have to be the person who bears that burden. Yeah. And even you know, you're thinking, you know, I have this strained relationship with my father, but here's this thing he made that millions, if not billions of people love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Glad he turned out from what it seemed like okay. Another laugh out loud moment for me was when Zoyberg went to Edna's apartment and was trying to get her attention and just whips an octopus at her window. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a couple of like people just throwing things in really funny ways in this episode. Well, and she leaves the note for Fry right. on a fish. Yeah. She just writes it on and a he fish. Drops and it flops into a little tide pool. <laughs> with Vinny. <laughs> well, Vinny ain't there no more. Oh, yeah. Vinny got eaten. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, in the... Um, after he throws the... In the in the Cyrano de Bergiac scene. That's it, right? Sure. What's the Cyrano de Bergiac scene? Uh, where they're feeding him lines. It's two... It's like two parodies. Oh, of right, it's right, a, right. It's a Shakespeare one that they'd never admit that it's... Oh. Uh, allusion to uh-huh. while, while you're looking this up I also want to say that they really play up just the grossness of all the mating ritual stuff Bender keeps talking about his male jelly uh-huh. and he's, I, I think he even says I'm going to put my male jelly into a female's cloaca at uh-huh. one point yes he does they, and they just keep playing that part up and it's it's great yeah, and even at the end the mm-hmm. Just uh, the king's like, I'm engorged with Mount Uh huh. What is it? Illusions. The window scene where Fry coaches Zoidberg is a reference to the similar scene in Cyrano de Bergiac. The story is based on the Star Trek episode of Muck Time, which the Vulcan mating theme, Pon Far, mm-hmm. uh, Deck Pony Anthem, is fight music written by George Fried for a Muck Time. Yeah, so the Cyrano sing, that, that's the. So the, when he's feeding in the lion, that scene is. You know what? I would call it the the freaking Lucy episode. That's the uh-huh. first time I remember that plot in any media <laughs> is when she's like talking to someone in an old episode of I Love Lucy and like feeding them lines in a thing. But uh, Fry gets Zoidberg to ask Edna about her day <laughs> and then she starts rambling and it, she finishes that whole thing with and then he threw an octopus at my window. <laughs> it made me laugh really hard. Um I think I think all I have to left to say in this episode, I mean, again, it's an okay episode. It's solid. Mm-hmm. It does the job it needs to do, but it's not my favorite. Um, is that when Zoiberg is repairing Fry, putting his arm back on? That's the other thing. Fry whips his arm at Zoidberg. Oh, the- yeah, he gets really mad after getting his arm snipped off, and just throws it at him. And then doesn't he boomerang it at him? He might have, yeah. And then like he like slaps it away. <laughs> Zoidberg slaps it away. And then he comforts Zoidberg using the he same arm. <laughs> patting him. Patting him on the arm with, with his, his arm. arm um, that he's holding in his hand. Yeah. Um, 
But Zoidberg said he made a complete eel out of himself. <laughs> I don't know why I like that so much, but yeah. like the the insults that Zoidberg comes up with for himself are fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is is eel worse because he doesn't have a like a the shell of a lobster and no claws? I guess that's why. Maybe. So I returned this artificial heart, and ever since then, I've been known as the, by the name of Honest Bender, which is what a scene starts with when they go to the, the restaurant. It like cuts to the restaurant, and Bender's finishing that story. <laughs> no one's ever called him Honest Bender. He's never done an honest thing in his life. No. Yep. So that's why must I be a crustacean in love. Yep. It's kind of just another mid-season episode. Yep. And this one wasn't even a big hitter. It wasn't a David X. Cohen. Uh, sorry, Peter Avanzio and Brent, or no, Brent Slushley and Eric Kaplan. Not to knock you guys, but I feel like we didn't like their last episode either. What was their last episode? <laughs> Don't make me Wikipedia things. <laughs> dun, 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 uh, dun, 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 I used to have that as somebody's ringtone. I won't say who, but they are no longer in my life. <laughs> um, and every time that that they called me, that ringtone would come up and it would just make me laugh because <laughs> I'm never expecting it. Yeah, and, it's, no. and it's the funniest song ever. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, so it was, who's the two people in this one? It's Ka- Eric Kaplan and Brian Seashley. So Brian Seashley did love loves labors lost in space. And I don't we even d- remember which one that was. Uh, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I know we talked about it. Uh, uh, he also did When Aliens Attack. And Eric Kaplan wrote. So those are the ones that Sheasley directed. Kaplan wrote Hell is Other Robots. And that's it. Hell is Other Robots is a really good episode. It was good. Um, he Eric Kaplan does not get prime writing uh, credit. No, he does one more time. He gets one later this season, but then he doesn't get one until mid-season three. Love's Labor's Lost in Space is when uh, Nibbler first shows up. Oh, yeah. And it's when... the Yeah, the emotion ship. And that is That was a good episode. We really liked that was one. Was it the emotion ship? It was when Leela was trying to date people, and then yeah, it's eventually slept pity had pity sex with Zab Brannigan. Yeah, and Nibbler's... Is, yeah, Nibbler's there the first time but no maybe that that that's a different i second that emotion is the emotion yes too. yes you're right I, thank that you was, that was a pull right there yep you got it i got it All so right. in the next episodes of bite my shiny metal podcast we will be talking about the lesser of two evils mm-hmm. and put your head on my shoulders in the very next episode and I two f- oh, go on two episodes from now we'll be talking about raging bender and a bicyc- bicyclops god that's hard a bicyclops built for two Oh, is that the one where she meets the other... The very ordinary guy? The... from oh. No, no, no. The other one of her species. The the married with children's booth? Yeah. And then he ends up being a shapeshifter. Maybe. Maybe. I feel like I've noticed a pattern. And that pattern is that every other episode is kind of a mediocre episode. Yeah. And I'm sure they did that on purpose. To kind it of is. keep I'm the sorry. waves going up and down. Yeah, I guess you can really do that because you're probably writing. You're not writing these like the week before <laughs> or whatever. No, uh, you're doing these six to nine months ahead of time, and they're non-linear. Most yeah. of them, you probably have to have three episodes in the in the place that they are in any given season. The other ones right. you just throw in whenever. 
That makes sense. That totally makes sense. You know, well, we're, we are encroaching, so those are the next four that we'll be talking about. We do get... Um, oh, shit. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> God damn it. A clone of my own comes up in... That's the... That's that's uh, Norbert? The, uh, Norbit? No. That's we're getting closer. It's... Hubert. 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 It is Hubert. Yeah. Hubert. I did not think he was... I thought that was a season three or four edition. I thought so, too. Uh, yeah, but not. right, we suffer through that to get to how Hermes requisitions his groove back. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, Mother's Day problem with poplars. Mother's Day and problem with poplars are both good. Yeah, the honking is later this year. Honking's good. War is the H word. This season War finishes is the H-word is good. strong. Is it finished with War is the H word? Uh, no, the Chronic Woman. It's War is the H word. The honking and the Chronic Woman. The Chronic Woman is when uh, he finds out that. His girlfriend from the year 2000 was right. also frozen. And, and that's Sarah Silverman. Yes. I was just about to say that. That's cool. <laughs> I did not know that until now. Actually, I probably did. I probably recognized the voice, but I right. didn't think about it. That does it for this episode of Bite My Shiny Metal Podcast. My name is Mackenzie Collins. My name is Greg Cravens. And you can bite our Shiny Metal Podcast. <laughs> Show's over. I'm tired.